I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You may be seated, those of you that are standing. I will say that one more time. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Come on, somebody ought to say amen to that. Aren't you glad you're in the house of God? I know it's a school, but it's a house of God. Amen. Anywhere the saints are, that it becomes the house of God. And I'm so glad that you are here. We welcome all our first-time visitors. In Jesus' name, we greet you and we thank you uh, for being here. If you've been looking for a church, look no further. There is no greater church, better church, more awesome a church. I don't know if that's a word, but I like it. This is the best church this side of Florida. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Come on. If you know the person next to you is, is first time, just go ahead and tell them, I'm so glad you made it. I'm so glad you made it. I believe God is going to do something amazing and wonderful here in this place. Amen. We're so glad. Can we honor our senior pastor, Pastor Gabby? Amen. And honor him. Come on, give him a clap. That's right. We appreciate him and First Lady Petri. Amen. And all our pastoral team. God is good. Come on, I said God is good. Y'all can't be more tired than me. Come on, somebody. But we're here and we're thankful. Hey, in case you never met her, can I introduce the baddest chick this side of Florida? She going to be my boo for the rest of her life. Amen. She's been married to me for almost 21 years next week. Amen. Would you please stand and let the people of God see you? That's my baby mama, my chick on the side. She said, stop, amen. Because Pastor got these cute things. You know, Pastor Gabby, he be calling his wife, you know, the onion to his mango and his caramel to his frappe. That's Somebody say, preach, Pastor. All right, let's go preach. Amen. Go with me to the book of Judges chapter 2. I'm sorry, chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. Chapter 6 of Judges. Somebody say, harvest. Somebody say, Harvest. We are in the final stretch of this series titled Harvest. We've been talking about that there's a harvest. Somebody say amen. There's a personal harvest and there is a, a, a corporate harvest that God has for us. I believe that. I believe that New Birth is in a season where we're about to see God's greatest miracles. How many of you know that when we celebrated Revive 5 that we did a shift in the atmosphere and that God did something throughout all our campuses. There is an atmosphere of expectation. An atmosphere of I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see what God is going to do. But in the interim, I'm not just going to wait. I'm also going to work. Come on, somebody. I said in the interim of this, I'm not, I'm not just going to wait. I'm going to work. Come on. The, the, you got to make room for what God is about to do in your life. All right, I'm going to preach on this side. I said, you got you to gotta, you gotta make room. God is never going to give you, he's not going to give you a harvest if you ain't got a room to store it. That's just the way it is. You know, you know you, 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 you're expecting God to do some stuff. And God is saying, I, I, I'll do it the moment you create the space for it. The moment you create the space for it, then I'm able to, to so, so we got to constantly be emptying ourselves out so that he can continue to pour in. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. You, you, you got you to gotta create the space for what God is about to do. Okay, can I tell you, you're sitting in the seat of somebody, of somebody else's seat. 
I wish, I wish all of us that were here were actually serving and giving space for somebody else to be sitting there. Come on, church. Come on, church. I, I wish that everybody was standing like every volunteer that's in this place. And we were creating the space for other people to sit down and to receive the word of God. Because truth of the matter is some of us are so full. Anyway, let me, let me go to this. Let me go because this ain't even part of what I'm going to preach. Um, um, Judges chapter 6, beginning at verse 2. Beginning at verse 2, it says, because the power of the Midians were so uh, 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 oppressive. The Israelites prepared shelters. The power of the Midians were so oppressive. The Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain cliffs, caves, strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, the Amalekites, uh, uh, and other eastern people invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crop. Can you imagine that? You worked so hard to sow something. To see the manifestation of what you sow only to have someone else ruin it. Uh, 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 they ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel. Neither sheep nor cattle nor donkey. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. They invaded the land to ravage it. Median uh, uh, so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just extract a couple of things. I'm not going to preach this, this text within its context. I'm just going to take two or three things and just try to come up with something. Amen, amen. Father, bless your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. The Bible is clear that, that, oh, that, that, that we, we live in what is considered the law of seed time harvest all throughout the Bible from the beginning Genesis the book of Genesis chapter 8 it tells us that while the earth remains seed time and harvest shall not cease Paul tells us in Galatians that whatsoever man a man soweth that also he shall what reap in other words there is a there is a law there is a principle that has been established by God that if you sow you shall reap that if you sow, you shall reap. That if you invest, you shall get a return. It is a principle. Somebody say it's a principle. In every aspect of our lives, everything that we want in life is, a, is, a, is connected to investing or sowing and receiving. If I want a healthy marriage, I got I to gotta sow a healthy marriage. I got to sow certain things that, that, that may give me the healthy marriage. I got to learn how to cook. Come on. I got to learn how to wash some clothes too. I got to, I got to, I got to, I'm surprised. No, not one lady said amen to nothing. Okay. Um, 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 I got to, I got to take them out. I got to take her out. You know what I'm saying? I got to, I got to invest, you know, I got to make every, every birthday and any, every anniversary a big deal. Fellas, don't you mess up on them days. Come on. You got to remember, you got to remember the day you met her, July 3rd, June 3rd, 1996. Come on, somebody. Hello. You got to remember the first time you kissed, February 21st, 97. Come on, somebody. Huh. You got you to gotta remember the first time you laid eyes on her. You got to remember, you got to remember. And it is those things that gives a healthy marriage. If I want healthy, a healthy relationship with my children, I got to invest everything in life. 
requires you to, to sow time, effort, energy, strength, resource. And when I do that, I will receive, according to scripture, what I have sown. But, but, but for many of us, but for many of us, the harvest is being lost. I, I, I came to talk to people that, that, that we, we have invested. We have invested. But even though we invest, the harvest feels like it's being lost. It, 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 it seems like every time I, I try to do my best, every time I'm putting in work, every time I'm sowing, every time I'm putting effort, every time that, that I'm doing this, this thing, I'm, I'm listening to the messages, I'm, I'm listening to my hope group leader, I'm listening to the preachings, and I'm listening that, that whatever I want, whatever I need, whatever's required, requires me to, to sow a seed, and I'm sowing a seed, God. But every time I sow a seed, it seems like I never see a crop. Bible tells us that for seven years the people of Israel was in the hands of the Midians. And throughout that season, the Bible says that every time they would sow, they would sow and they would reap. The, 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 the Bible says that the enemy would come and, and ravage them. Now, more frustrating than waiting for a crop is wait, seeing the crop and not, not enjoying the crop. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The Bible says that they would come and they would, they, would, they would oppress the people of Israel. So much so that the Bible says, the Bible says that the people of Israel made, 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 made homes for themselves. They isolated themselves. They hid in places outside their homes in caves and in cliffs. Listen to me. Listen to me. It is a terrible thing that you hide in the place that God has given you to bless you. There's nothing worse, there's nothing worse than you become a, a prisoner in a blessed place. Let me give you context. The Bible says in, 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 in Exodus that I'm going to take you from this land and I'm going to take you to a place where milk and honey flows. It is your promised land. Somebody say promised land. But, but, but when they get there in this, in this context, the Bible says that the promised land has become an oppressive place. There's nothing more crazier to me that when I'm in a season where, where, where this should be a place of blessing, but it's become a place of oppression. I thought, I thought church was the place where I was going to see God do a miracle. I thought church was the place where I was going to be strengthened and, 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 and fortified. I thought, I, thought, I thought this was going to be a safe place. And instead, the Bible says the enemy comes every so often. Have you ever felt like you were in the verge of a victory? And just when you thought you was going to step into it, here comes the enemy. I'm this, not the side. I'm going to preach on this side. I'm going to see. I'm going to see. I'm going to see. Have you, ever, have, you ever, have you ever felt like, man, this is it. This is it. This is, this is the job. And I know that God is going to release me. Or this is, the, this is the thing that I've been waiting for God to do. I know it. I've been working hard for it. And you thought you was going to see the glory of God. And just when you're about to walk through the blessing, here comes the enemy. And what you thought was a blessing all of a sudden seems like a curse. Come on, come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
That, that, that's, what the, that's what the Israelites were going through. Every time there was a season, every time they were looking and they were saying, wow, check it out, man. We, the, the, the vegetables are growing. The fruits are growing. Maybe this would be the year that the enemy won't attack us. Maybe year, this would be the year that, that, that we're going to have victory. But here, I'm here to tell you something important that every season that you decide to sow for growth, opposition will come. Anytime you decide, have you ever noticed that anytime you say you're going to do something, it's when everything gets a little heavier? Come on, church. Anytime you say, you know what, I'm going to consecrate myself this week, I'm going to go into fasting, and all of a sudden at your job, everybody wants to bring something. And it's just not something, it's something that you love. You know what I mean? They don't ever bring coffee at the job, but this week, they decided to bring your pumpkin spice. Hallelujah. You know, you know, they don't, they don't ever, they, you decide, decide, you know, I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to tie. This is the, this is the season. I'm going to commit my finances to the Lord. And it's the season where all of a sudden you're more broken than you have ever been before. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. You're like, Pastor, I, I know what you, you, you preaching, you preaching preaching every time, every time, every time we're looking and we're saying, man, this is it, this is it, this is, this is where it's going to be at, but, but I'm here to tell you that anytime you're getting ready to sow, there will be an opposition. There will always be an opposition. And that was their situation. Every time they were getting ready to, to receive, every time they were getting to, to celebrate the victory of a harvest, the Bible says they will lose their harvest. Because the enemy would confront them. It would come suddenly. It would come imminently. It would come quickly. Before you knew it, what, 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 what was a blessing in a moment, all of a sudden you were like, what the heck happened here? What, what? And, and, and the enemy will, do, will try to do everything in his power to make sure that he, would, he, will, he will ravage you, that he will beat you, that he will, he, would, he will go against you to the point where you no longer desire to sow. Because what is the point? If every time I sow, anybody got to what's the point? But here's the Bible tells us about Gideon. Somebody say Gideon. In the midst of his craziness, in the midst of his captivity, in the midst of all this oppression, in the midst of everything that's happening, the Bible tells us that he's out in a, 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 a threshing the wheat. The Bible tells us that even in the midst of all this, he said, it says that, that he's in a corner somewhere. Sometimes you got to be in a corner somewhere making moves that nobody knows. Come on, somebody. Sometimes, sometimes you got to move in, in, in stealth mode. Sometimes you got to do things without telling other people because, you know, they'll rob you of your joy. They'll rob you of your peace. They'll rob you of your confidence. You ever had somebody just rob you, just rob you? Gideon was in the corner. He wasn't with nobody. He was like, you know, I'm going to do this thing. And he began to, 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 to prepare to, to separate the wheat. And it is in, those, in that moment, somebody say in that moment. That God shows up. God always shows up when you continue to work. Because in God's mind, he's saying, if you're still sowing when I'm not even present, what would it be like when I'm present in this situation? Oh, come on, church. 
See, he was still sowing in spite of seven years of oppression, in spite of seven years of discontent, in spite of seven years of struggles, in spite of seven years of the enemy attacking. He was still sowing. He was still working because he said in his mind, one of these days, somebody say, one of these days, I'm going to be able to enjoy the harvest. And for many of us, we've been working and we've been working and we've been working. And oh Lord, we've been working. Anybody been working? Anybody just been working? And, and Pastor says it's going to be a blessing, but I, all right, Pastor, whatever you say, this is the year. All right, here we go. It's the year, Lord. All right, Lord. But, but, but there's something about you that doesn't quit. There's something about you that even in the middle of your skepticism, you still work. Oh, come on. Come on. That, that was Gideon. Gideon. Gideon was still sowing. He, he had wheat. He, he, he was able to, to maybe not get all the crop, but he had some crop. Come on. He, he, he may not have all the harvest, but he had some harvest. Come on, church. You may not have everything that you need, but God, but you're still working with what God gave you. Oh, come on, come on, come on. You, you may not have the full blessing, but you got some blessing. Come on. You got the blessing of a right mind. You got the blessing of strength. You got the blessing of not quitting. You got the blessing. Come on. You got the blessing that I'm going to still fight no matter what the devil is doing. You got the blessing of not quitting. Look at your neighbor and tell him I haven't quit yet. So Gideon was there, and he was, and he was, and he was separating the wheat. And it was in that moment that God showed up. Because again, in God's mind, if you're working when I'm not in the in the city, when you're working when when you don't even feel me, when you're working when you don't even see me, come on, there the, the song was the the, the the song that he already done it, and and the, we transitioned. It, it's it's a significant part because it's letting you know that your harvest is coming even though you don't see it yet. It's letting you know that your breakthrough is on its way. As a matter of fact, it's already there. It just hasn't manifested. I'm telling you guys, the fruit is in the soil because the seed is inside. It just hasn't come through yet. God shows up. Somebody say God shows up. Why? Because God wants to empower you for the harvest. God wants to empower you, so God has empowered us. Somebody look at your neighbor and tell him, I've been empowered for the harvest. I, in other words, in other words, no matter how much the enemy tried to oppress me, he can't stop me. No, <laughs> no, matter, no, matter how, no matter how difficult this thing has turned out, he can't stop what God is going to do in my life. Come on, aren't you glad about that? No matter, no matter, no matter how long the people of Israel was in captivity, they were still the people of God. Look at your neighbor and tell them, even though I'm in captivity, I'm still the son of God. Come on. Even though I'm down and out, I'm still the son of God. Even though I'm struggling right now, I'm still the son of God. What that, what that means is no matter what happens, I'm still going to come out of this. I'm still going to have the victory. I'm still going to see my harvest. Because he's empowered you for the harvest. He's empowered you. Listen, he's empowered you to be successful. He's empowered us, New Birth, to be successful in every area of our lives. He has equipped us. Come on, somebody. Now, notice, notice, notice that he gets empowered in a tight place. He, he, he gets empowered 
in an uncomfortable place because where he was where he was in the he, he wasn't at the threshing floor usually when you're when you're separating wheat you're out in the open because it requires see I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a farmer but I know enough to know that you have to be outside you have to be outside in order to threat um, um, thre um, separate the wheat you have to throw it in the air and it has to get caught up by the wind and whatever it's not whatever it's like the the wind will take it and whatever is sweet falls on the ground see I didn't told you I'm not I'm a city boy I'm from New York but I told you but that's not where he was doing it at. Sometimes God will call us to do things in places uncalled for. Uh, come on. You ever had to work in a situation that was uncalled for? Come on, somebody. You ever had to work? So he had to work in a tight place. He was working in a tight place. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, work in a tight place. Work when everybody's criticizing. Work when everybody's pointing. Work when everybody's talking. Come on, somebody. Work, work, work while the enemy's still attacking. You still got to work. You got to work. You got to stay. You still, because we are working in tight situations. You got to work in the moment where you're most uncomfortable. Jesus, I got to hurry up. He was working in a tight place, but it was in that tight place that, check this out, the angel of the Lord appeared and said, you are strong and courageous. Anytime you can work, even while the enemy is hitting you, you're strong and courageous. That's why you're here this morning, because you're strong and courageous. Come on, don't look at me like that. Many of us know that we had to drag ourselves to church. We dragged ourselves to church. And God is telling you, because you dragged yourself, that's because you're strong and courageous. I have empowered you. There's something in you that says there's, God, there's more, and I'm going to fight till I can't no more. God has empowered us. I got to close. What is our attitude? Somebody said, what should be our attitude in this empowerment? What am I trying to get to? Let me close because I got to get to this point and I'm out of here. Bible says that the angel appeared to Gideon. He tells him, you are a strong and courageous man. He says, wait. Because if God is for me and God is with me, why, am I, why are we going through this situation? God says, I have chosen you. To deliver the people. Look at your neighbor and tell them deliver the people. Okay, what are you trying to get at, Pastor? Here it is. When God has given you a harvest, He's not giving it just for you. He said, There's no way that you're going to be separating the wheat in this tight place and not bless the people uh, that are still going through it. Nah. Sometimes, you hear me, church? He says, I, I see you. I gave you a little harvest, but the little harvest is not the, the only thing I want to give you. So now I'm empowering you so that you can go and deliver a people that has forgotten what a harvest looks like. Mm. Mm. I've I, I delivered you so that you can go out and remind the people what a, what, what a church in a harvest looks like. So New Birth, I'm here to tell you this morning that God is empowering us, not so that we can close ourselves in and be this one church that, that we're doing the thing and it looks beautiful and it looks amazing. No, God is saying I'm empowering you. I'm doing a unique and mighty thing in you so that you can step out of the comfort zone and begin to do what I'm calling you to do, which is deliver the people around this city. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. He says, I've given you a harvest, but the harvest is never for you. The blessing of the harvest is not just for you, but it's for everybody who can eat out of your harvest. God was so 
so asphyxiated with this that he had told the people of Israel in, the, in, in Leviticus, he says, whenever you have a harvest, listen, whenever there's a harvest and you begin to, to get the crop, he says, whatever falls on the ground, you can't pick it up. It was a rule that whatever fell on the ground, whatever fruit, whatever vegetable, whatever fell on the ground, they were not allowed to pick it up. Why? Because God says you got to leave that for the people that are coming behind you. What fruit in your harvest are you dropping for the people behind you? What evidence that God is blessing you are you leaving behind you? Come on, uh, come on, come on, church. What, what, what is it that people are picking up after you? Whenever you pass, they ought to see a fruit fall and desire that fruit. Oh, man, they, 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 ought, to, they ought to see the things that God is blessing you with that you're not dropping by accident, but you're dropping intentionally because you just want them to say, what is that? Let me tell you what it is. It is the joy of life. It is the peace of God. It is the love. Oh, come on, son. Somebody. So your, your, your harvest, your harvest, your harvest is not for you. Our blessing and we are blessed. Man, when I sit back and I look at new birth, I'm thinking what a mighty, powerful thing God is doing here at this church. Across all our campuses, all these leaders, all these, man, listen, I'll be looking at some of you young Thundercats. And I'm like, man, they could outpreach me in any day. They could outsend me. I'll be trying to hit them notes. They hit it early. I was like, look at them. Woo! That's why I like Ponciana because Ponciana got the acoustic. It'll help me. <laughs> I'll hit them high notes. They'll be like, I see, I told you. But God is saying, this ain't for you. This ain't for us. This is not for you to be selfish with it. This is for you to go drop this fruit at your school. This is for you to go drop this fruit at your job. This is for you to drop this school at your neighborhood. In your community, somebody ought to see something in you and say, I want what you got. There's something about, there's something about your grape. There's something about your mango. There's something about your papaya. There's something about the way you are. I want to know, and you got to tell them, let me tell you, it's the harvest that you receive. He, that's, what, gee, that's what Paul says. He says, when we walk in the spirit, you begin to have the fruit of the spirit. And when people see the fruit, they want to bite out of it, and you got to let them Try it. God called us not so that we can be fat in what we've done. Because the temptation, you know, my grandparents, we no longer, we sold it because they passed. But we in Puerto Rico, my grandparents had this land. And uh, I'm from the city, so don't, don't, y'all too, so don't even look at me like that. Um, um, they had these, uh, Call them mango piñas. They're really small mangoes. They almost have a flavor of a pineapple. We used to get those by the buckets. Whenever we go to Puerto Rico, we get them because we, we, we own the land. So the fruit was there. You know what happened when, when, when you don't share your fruit? It rots. And we can't be that kind of people. We got to be the people that we're giving buckets out. We 
got to be the kind of people that we're giving buckets out of what God is doing here at this house. We got to give. We got to we gotta preach to whoever needs to be preached. We got to we gotta minister to whoever needs to be ministered. I mean, you got to, you, whatever it is, whatever opportunity that God is giving unto you so that you can express the gift of God over your life. Ladies and gentlemen, people of New Birth, I'm here to tell you, share it, give it, shove the fruit down their throat. Just presented every single day because God is saying, listen, that there is a shift. There's a harvest. There's something. People are desperate for something of substance and we have it. We got it and we got to share it. Amen. Stand on your feet. Let's clear. The harvest is never for us. In the beginning, it looks like it, right? We, we work so hard because... For many of us, all we want to do is retire and eat off the fat of what we've made. And God is saying, that's not it. It's people that need what you have. Your story, your story has the capacity to transform somebody's life. We, we need to be able to share. Somebody say share our crops. We need to share. We need to share. We need to share. We need to go and say, listen, I have an overflow of fruits, vegetables. I had an overflow. I had an overflow. And when we, and when we have that mindset of overflow, when we have that mindset of giving unto others, God says, I will begin to give you more fruit. I will give you more fruit. I believe, I believe, I believe that in Revive 5 there was a shift in the atmosphere. I believe that in Revive 5 God began to do something across all our campuses. And that we're about to see the greatest miracle of God. If we think that what God has done in the last four years is something impressive, we are going to be shocked in awe with what's to come. Come on church, if you believe that, say amen.